This is Coping with Dystopia from Dare to be Grey. This is the show about finding ways to flip the script on our dark times. I'm Jonathan Gruber, and today we're coping with right-wing extremism. And this is Fabian Wichmann. Fabian lives in Berlin. He's a member of EXIT. And EXIT is a German organization that helps members of extreme right-wing groups get out. They help them anonymously. And they even help reintegrate violent ex-cons back into normal life. And occasionally, occasionally, they even get the neo-Nazis to work for them, even if they don't mean to. So the idea is, um, okay, we have a place, neo-Nazis go there every year. Um, we knew about the route um, which they will walk. And now we could um, say, okay, for every meter they walk, someone else, um, the donors, will donate 10 euros for every meter. Every meter? For every meter, 10 euros. Hear all about the unintentional anti-neo-Nazi walkathon walked by neo-Nazis later in the show. But now, as always, let's bring in the Dare to Be Great duo, Hannah and Jordi. Hello, guys. Hey, Jonathan. Hey, Jonathan. So, you know, we're talking about extreme right-wing groups. And, of course, we've all noticed, we talk about this all the time in the background, about how right-wing groups, also right-wing politicians, have grown incredibly, particularly here in Europe as well. Just how bad is it? Well, we've seen a massive surge of far-right extremism over the last few years, actually, Jonathan. And um, the 2019 Global Terrorism Index even put a, a stat on this. They found a 320% increase in far-right terrorism in the West over the past five years. Oh, my God. That's enormous. 320%? It is. That's crazy, a crazy right? number, right? And, you know, that stat is even from before the pandemic and since COVID struck, the reach of the far right seemed to have increased pretty much everywhere. Um, they are tapping into uh, sentiments on vaccines, lockdowns, and more recently the war in Ukraine and even anti-government protests, such as the farmers' protests here in the Netherlands. Okay, so, uh, you know, we're talking about the online world. How does that, I mean, it just has to figure into it. How, how, how much does it figure into it? Oh, of course it does. And social media, is, it doesn't help in bringing them all together throughout the world. And, you know, you've got the, a very big increase as well with fringe social media platforms that really have a lot less restrictions than your mainstream ones, a lot less monitored, um, much easier for people to, to find each other and, and spread hatred on there. So these far-right extremists are easily able to, to share their ideas, their ideologies, they can recruit others, and they can really grow in numbers, all while from the safety of their own homes and from differing countries. I think we should also mention that there is a big difference between the political far right, uh, far right extremism, and even neo Nazi specifically. But as as a wider trend, you know, these these um, online organized groups they they seem to be gaining political capital as well. Here in the Netherlands, we've got Forum for Democracy. In Germany, we've got Alternative für Deutschland. And in uh, your home country, Jonathan, of course, we've got the famous QAnon Congress members. And, you know, it's very hard to prove a direct link between these political movements and real-world harm, like terrorism or extremist attacks. But, you know, once you start spreading conspiracy narratives like the Great Replacement, or you start discrediting democracy as a whole, violence is just one st small step away. Just think about Christchurch, Utoya, the Buffalo shooting, and the storming of the Capitol in the Reichstag recently. 
I mean, these are all one thing. Is that what you're saying? Well, it's kind of difficult to, to prove the direct link, not only just between the movements and real world terrorism, but it's also difficult to prove that the movements are all correlated together and they're, and they're one. So if you've got one far right political movement in one country and one in another, although they might seem to have the same um, ideologies, um, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're connected, even if they have met all online together on a fringe platform. Yeah, I, th I think this is even a gray discussion, right? It's not as black as white as we might perceive it to be. There, there are many nuances between different groups. Uh, the alt-right is a different group than your classic far-right. And, and neo-Nazis, of course, are a completely different ballgame. But I think that one thing that they have in common, though, is that, you know, it's very hard to get out of these groups. Once you're part of it, they'll, they'll become like your family, like your safe little echo chamber. So I'm uh, pretty curious to hear what's Fabian doing to get people out of these scenes. Well, all right then. So let's get back to our main guest right now. My name is Fabian Wichmann. I'm working for Exit Germany, uh, which is an organization which is counseling people who want to leave the right-wing extremist movement. Fabian was raised in a small town in the former East Germany, the son of politically active parents. They considered escaping to the West, but when he was eight years old, the Berlin Wall fell. And he recalls hearing about the rise of skinheads and right-wing fascists almost immediately. And then when he became a teenager, he saw lots of his friends start shaving their heads and marching against immigrants. And to complicate matters, he listened to the same hardcore punk they listened to and hung out in the same bars. And this was when he started to see something just wasn't right. In a small village like um, I was growing up, it was completely strange. So you 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 met them in your bar, you met them on concerts. Um, sometimes you you they drove you home back, and you know that you are in a political way completely different. And I had discussions in cars with these guys, and they said, "Okay, if you if you want to discuss this kind of stuff, I will kick you out of my car. So stop <laughs> right now, or I will." kick you and every time but it was completely strange because you have this relationship and and speak to them and and discuss with them and all these uh yeah also political discussions but on the other hand um, there was every time that fear because they knew um you are the political enemy and i know they are my political enemies in a way but on the other side, there was something like these, uh, yeah, strange relations. So there was a way to speak to them. Um, so, so these guys were your friends? A, not in a way like friends, um, like like maybe bar friends, something Fren like this. Frenemies. So you met them in the bar on a concert. Frenemies. Yeah, Frenemies. something like this. <laughs> yeah. And there was this little bit of relationship. There was something, yeah, we met at concerts or we met at uh, uh, at the bar and, and, and discussed. And um, But I saw there's a way to, to speak to them, yes, um, but um, I didn't realize that this uh, could could lead to my, my work later. That was just part of my life at that time. Later on, Fabian moved to Berlin to study education science and read a book called Führer X by former neo-Nazi leader Ingo Hasselbach about how he exited the Nazis. Hasselbach went on to found Exit, an organization that helps members of extreme right-wing groups to get out and reintegrate into normal life. So when Fabian needed an internship for university, he called Exit. He got the internship 
And he's been there ever since. To be involved at Exit and to have this clear uh, uh, reference and, 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 and seeing, okay, there's a chance to change something and there's this direct contact, that was very essential for me to say, okay, I had an idea what I could do and, and uh, I have an idea what to do, I have an idea of a perspective, whatever. And that was not just a moment, it was more like um, the feeling of being involved and changing. That was, for me, the very important thing. Fabian has been with Exit for decades now and has helped people make new lives for themselves outside of the movement. But where Exit has really made headlines has been some of their, shall we say, very clever stunts. These stunts were aimed squarely at neo-Nazis thinking about getting out. Take the time an ad agency they work with approach them with an idea. There's a possibility to have a T-shirt which is changing um, the look after washing. Um, let's think about how we could use this kind of um, technique to to engage with our or with your target group. They said, and from that point we said, okay, that's quite interesting, and we built up something like a small group and we produced that T-shirt. It was a yeah, simple T-shirt, black, white print skulls and flags and um, a text written down like hardcore rebel national and free and 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 why did you choose that that logo on the t-shirt at that time yeah uh, yeah we discussed it because it, we had some some um, more modern movements here in germany it's called autonome nationalists and they used these kind of black flags and skulls and and also these hardcore rebel, like like being the outsider, being the underdog of society. So just to to connect to these narratives which were used at that time or every time in the neo-Nazi movement. This is stuff that you knew that your regular neo-Nazi couldn't resist. Great T-shirt. You knew they were going to go for it, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you printed up these T-shirts, and then what happens when you wash these T-shirts? This first print um, uh, mentioned with the skulls, it wasn't fixed. So after washing, that um, print was gone away, so washed away. And then there was something showing like, what your t-shirt can do, you can also do. We help you to get out of the right-wing extremist scene. So call exit <laughs> Germany. The idea was just to say, to, to reach out to people in a very private situations at home uh, next to the laundry um, and with a very unexpected yeah, call for action. And how did it work? It worked well. So, um, But before just, we don't thought that people want to exit because they see our t-shirt. The idea was more in general, get attention. And then if they had doubts, maybe some years later, they maybe say, okay, there was this group like Exit and they made the t-shirt. It was funny or not, but uh, maybe they are interesting. But in that moment, it worked very well because I think 24 hours after um, the first washed the t-shirt, um, he wrote something like a chain SMS to his comrades. Hey, don't wash the t-shirt. It's left-wing rubbish. <laughs> um, they changed and um, they had a, a, a white discussion and they also shared, uh, uh, shared these SMS on, on a forum and also on the fan page of that festival where they... Um, yeah, where they they get the T-shirts at least. So there was a big discussion in the right-wing extremist movement about these T-shirts, and that was 
for us a very good situation. We were very happy about this internal discussions because that is what we wanted to reach, um, discussion, awareness, attention, um, and it worked quite good at that point for us um, in these groups. Did anybody ever come to you and mention the T-shirt and say? Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. We had also people who had or were at this festival. Um, some had the T-shirt, but some not. Um, and they said it was quite interesting to see because um, it was so unexpected. Also, the way of communication was so unexpected. Normally, they're waiting for something like confrontation or aggression or whatever, because that's what they knew normally and that was quite new for them and they had no idea how to deal with this because it was very confrontive so more like a hand um, saying okay if you need help come to us um, and they said so these people I met who had uh, or who were there said it was quite interesting to see also a lot of them said okay um, why don't we have this idea so it was a little bit mixed. So one side said, okay, interesting and fine. And the other side said, okay, no, burn it. <laughs> and uh, let's talk about the other uh, great uh, thing, you guys, did. the right wing walkathon, right? Is that the one that's called Rex gegen Rex? Yeah. The English version we named uh, Nazis against Nazis. The idea was also born in connection to the first to the first campaign, these T-shirts, because we were yeah we were at an award show, so this campaign gets some awards because they liked the idea of these T-shirts, and at one evening we um, stand there with a beer, so me uh, a former so a former neo-Nazi and now former colleague, so both. Um, at the same person um, and the one from the um, ad agency we were staying there and, and having having a beer and celebrate these awards for the um, campaign um, and then um, I said okay it would be good to, to combine something like a neo-Nazi demonstration together with a walkathon not in a way like it is like there's this demonstration and there is the Walkatron. We have to make we have to make it to one, so that the neo Nazis demonstrate, and at the same time they made a Walkatron for exit. Um, and he said, "Okay, that's an interesting idea. Let's think about this." Um, so wait, so the idea is. Again. So let me just stop you right there to make it clear to anybody listening hmm? to this. So the idea you're thinking of is these neo Nazis are going to demonstrate, and they're going to hmm. walk through a street, right? And your mm -hmm. idea is, let's take their walking down the street and turn it into a walkathon, right? Mm -hmm. Meaning, mm -hmm. as they walk, they earn money for a cause, and that cause is exit. Mm -hmm. Is that correct? That's correct. So and it's you, the. And you the just idea. said that mm -hmm. like that's going to happen. So how did that work? How exactly is that supposed to work? Because it is a crazy idea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So the idea is, um, okay, we have a place, neo-Nazis go there every year. Um, we knew about the route um, which they will walk. And now we could um, say, okay, for every meter they walk, someone else, um, the donors, will donate 10 euros for every meter. Every meter? For every meter, 10 euros. So the idea was for every meter they walk, there's going to be a donation of 10 euros to exit. And yep. then what happens? Yep. Then we we um, 
choose that date um, and make some banners, some funny banners like um, with uh, um, quotes like "If only the Führer news" um, and made it next to the to the whole route for these neo Nazis um, that they want to walk. Then we painted on the street something like "Start," um, just that they be aware of something happening. Um, also, a little bit later, we painted on the streets, thanks for 2,500 euros. And we had something like a starting page or starting starting banner, um, which, is this, which has described the idea, telling them, welcome to the first involuntary walkathon. And now you have the chance to, to raise money for Exit Germany. Um, so we described also the idea to them very clearly at the beginning. And then we had something like a bananas for them. <laughs> so you wait, you guys were out there along the sides of the roads giving them bananas? Yeah, yeah. No, we made a table. Uh, we were outside there, but we made a table um, full of bananas um, and said, okay, here to, to, empower, uh, to empower you to get fit, you could uh, take a banana. And did they take the bananas? One. Only one person took a banana? Only one person took a banana. He must have really wanted a banana. <laughs> yeah, really. And we have it on camera. That's the funny thing. <laughs> and at least the, the bananas, so because, so because they didn't eat the bananas, uh, we give it away to the kindergarten at the right. next day. Okay. Um, so they eat the bananas. No, and um, then they walk the whole distance, and at least they... Um, they get a certificate that they attended um, that first involuntary walkathon with the amount of money that they raised. So we put it on the streets. Um, so at, at the end, there was something like um, the end um, printed down the streets. Um, and there were also these um, certificates laying there. And then we have a con had a confetti cannon. At, at the end, um, just to uh, make it a very famous and, and celebrating situation. So we fired this confetti cannons. Um, yeah, and the, the, the important point is, I think, we um, made a video out of this very fast on the same day. Um, so at, uh, on the evening of this uh, day, we made or we, we published the video about this. Um, and that made the campaign and the event very famous. And the idea was also to say, okay, uh, these neo-Nazis are there because they want to share their narrative. Um, and we said, okay, we, we took the narrative and make something different out of this narrative. We make our own narrative around that. So they are just want to, to demonstrate and we want to make a campaign and we need them to, to be a part of our narrative um, and publish the much more, out of our perspective, perspective we published the much more powerful story at the end um, and made the narrative of these neo-Nazis just as a small piece in our story at least and deconstruct their narratives. And that was the important point, I think, also for the video, just to, to raise this awareness. Um, and on the other hand, showing people there is something, there's a chance, there's a, a possibility to do something um, in a very different way, very easy, very confrontive, but not aggressive. Um, right. And destroying the whole narrative. Um, Plus you got 10,000 euros. 
plus um, another 10,000 because uh, people love the idea and put 20 at least 10 on top and that were 20,000 um, so we could double um, the the whole um, uh, donations and it was your idea Fabian yeah how did you feel when it was done so the next day I just realized what happened but at that moment in the car it was at the evening it was just I thought it was too small it was nothing it was too too much work for nothing at least so it was the f concrete feeling after that event um, and then after sleep um, waking up with the news and realizing day per day what happened at least having the first reports and also recognizing how big event at least or the action was how much sharings the video how many people discussed um, the campaign um, just twitter exploding at that time that was the moment i said okay no it was good it wasn't small it was uh, quite good and it worked very well at least but i don't know i was just tired maybe at the first day i just couldn't realize are you proud of it now though yeah, people did the same uh, in different countries. So I knew there was one campaign in San Francisco and they call it uh, Adopt a Neo-Nazi, Not Really. Um, <laughs> I think they raised more than $2,060, uh, yeah, $2,060 um, for this rally there in San Francisco. Just to see that people use the idea um, modify it for their own country, modify it for their purpose and use the idea. Um, just, yeah, it makes me more happy because there are a lot of countries um, and, 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 and towns or villages or initiatives use the campaign and work with this and try to engage in that way with uh, these groups. So how effective do you feel Exit is now? Like you're you're dealing with a with a what is a huge societal problem, and you're just one organization, and you're doing what you can, but it's not like the neo Nazis have gone away, right? If anything, they've become more mainstream. You know, there's now right wing parties, right? Like Alternative für Deutschland, which isn't. If they aren't, uh, shall we say, obviously Nazis, they certainly have some. Nazi adjacent ideas, shall we say, right? So, um, uh, how do you feel things are going? I think some days ago someone asked me, is it hard to cope with your work? And I would say normally I could easily cope with all these problems related to my main work, to, to work with these people who want to leave or to exit. Um, to cope with these society-related problems, it's much more harder. Because the one thing is my job and the other, other these society-related, as you described, these AFD and this whole uh, situation around in, in Germany, but also in Europe, that's not, not my job. That's also me as a person, as a private, as, as part of a society. And that's much more harder for me to cope with. The, the thing is big. The problem is big. We all knew. But it, I think it doesn't work in looking at the whole you just have to look at your specific field at your specific job at your specific job you have to do um, because um, that was also for me a lecture after um, we we used the campaign nazis against nazis and um, modified it for facebook and at that time i thought okay um, 
I will use the mechanics on Facebook and I will completely change the system of Facebook. I will, I will make the world, I will make Facebook a better place because um, you could, I, I thought about that everybody could donate for every hate com comment on, on Facebook and the world is getting much more bigger. And I also thought I will solve the problem of hate speech online. So oh. that was my hubris <laughs> at that time. So, and then... And then I realized that the problem is so much bigger than I couldn't even thought about at that time. And I was frustrated because I saw, okay, um, I had a nice idea. It worked quite well, but I do not solve the problem at all. And just to realize that my goal was much too big or much too, too, yeah, much too big, it wasn't reachable at least. That made me very frustrated and I needed some time to realize, okay, maybe I have to shift my focus. Uh, maybe it isn't to, 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 to uh, make Facebook a better place. Maybe it's just to, to uh, get these donors, to help people with these uh, collected donors um, for these hate comments or whatever, um, or to help some people to cope with a situation of hate comments or to cope with a shitstorm, whatever. Maybe that's my my job at that time. And as I realized, you mean to make you to make your goal smaller, a little bit smaller, or more more practical, more yeah, not so utopi, uh, utopia utopian like before. Just yeah, utopian like like saving, changing everything. And I think that's the same in, in looking at society. If I look at the whole problem and the whole society um, and I said, okay, that's what I want to change. Maybe it's too big for me as, as a person or as a group also, um, but just to adjust um, my um, my settings, my goals in, in, in the way of what is handleable, handle or what is, what is reachable for me. And that makes me a little bit more easier and and uh not so frustrating i think the way that they uh sometimes i hear it described as maybe even in dutch they say it is behapbar maken in other words make it bite size <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> something yeah, you can yeah. do in one bite right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. See, which brings us i think to the point in in this interview because we're getting towards the end of it uh where we ask our guests to come up with five pieces of advice for our listeners what they could do maybe to cope with this dystopian world that we live in. You are specifically dealing with the coping with right-wing extremism. What can our listeners do to cope with right-wing extremism? Nummer eins. Yeah, make your goal reachable. Do that what you could do, what is your, your profession or what is your, um, yeah, what you could do. So number eins was do what you can. Don't try to change the world in one day. Nummer zwei, Fabian make change possible for people realize they can change number three yeah number three build up an environment for change so that could people could uh, um, rely to that new environment um, what do you mean there's trust needed also for people that want to change to have this environment and to trust them that they don't lie that they want to change Follow your doubts. So if you are part of this neo-Nazi environment, there are a lot of people, and I know there are a lot of people with doubts. So um, 
follow these doubts and and uh, make your own change possible um, in, in in seeing there's a need of change there's a there's a, there are doubts and there's a real ground for this doubt um, Nummer fünf uh, Nummer yeah Nummer fünf Number five is just to think outside of um, outside the box so normally we are walking the same way every time and every time and we try to solve the problems in a in a way we we will do it or we did it in the past but i think sometimes there's a need to just go a different way and to to think out of the box and solve this problem like we did with these um, nazis against nazis just in a different way um, to to reach a goal or to reach attention or to draw attention for a problem do something unexpected Do something unexpected, right? And positive. And positive, maybe also confrontive, um, but not in a way like uh, uh, hitting into the face, maybe like speaking into the face. Oh, right. Do you do that? Do you get all up in people's faces? Be confrontive, but don't be aggressive in that way. Because maybe they listen to you if you are confrontive, but they, they don't change if you are aggressive. That's not the way it works. And I think that is a great way to end Fabian Wichmann. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thanks. It was interesting. <laughs> oh, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah sure. Fabian Wichmann works to help neo-Nazis to no longer be neo-Nazis with his organization, Exit, in Berlin, Germany. Well, Hannah, Jordi, what do you guys think of the story? I think it's such an excellent story. I've been following Fabian and, and the work of Exit for, for quite some time now, and it's really interesting to, to see um, the campaigns that they've been doing in a little bit more in-depth. You know, I've, I've looked at them online and I've seen their videos and the outcomes, but to actually hear the story behind them directly from Fabian, it's it's really great. I really enjoyed listening to him. And it's, it's such a great approach, right? It's not about confronting them heads on. It's not about getting into these ideological arguments. It's about yeah, creative, out-of-the-box approaches with some positive messages. And I think that's really the way to go at this. Yeah. I think the tragedy, of course, is, you know, is the one thing that I asked him was, you know, you guys are doing this work But it's not like neo-Nazism has gone away. It's only gotten worse <laughs> since they started that kind of work. feels like a little bit... Could you imagine how much worse it might have got without them? You wouldn't know. That's true. I mean, I think one day a lot of people are going to realize what's going on. And when they need an off-ramp, Exit's going to be there waiting. I hope so. Oh, yeah. And, you know, ex Exit work is hardcore. It takes so much time and energy because it's all about personal connections. It's one-on-one -on -one interventions. It's, uh, it's tough. Yeah, it's tough. All right, guys. Thank you so much. Thanks, Jonathan. Thank you. And that's it for this episode of Coping with Dystopia. We'll put links to Fabian Wichmann and Exit on our show page, Dare to be Grey, that's grey with an E, dot com. Coping with Dystopia is a production of Dare to be Grey. Find out more about us and check out our inspiring stories at daretobegrey.com, where you can also tell us what you think about what you heard and, you know what, suggest a topic for us to talk about. 
This podcast is made possible with a grant from the Rights, Equality, and Citizenship Program of the European Commission. I'm Jonathan Gruber. This is Coping with Dystopia, and we hope you cope just a little better. Thanks for listening. Thank you.